Today, we're doing a little update. Right about seven months ago, we talked about this thing we were doing that a lot of firms are doing called EOS. January of 2023, this year, we launched it. We were just getting started, had big aspirations for it, kind of didn't know what we were getting into. Now, after seven months of living with it, let's just talk about how it's going. What's working? Maybe what's not? What's what surprised us uh, and kind of where we are right now with EOS in this journey? All that we'll talk about today on Drink While You Think. Yep, your trusty happy hour conversation between a couple of accounting firm knuckleheads who are running our firm in a very, very odd, weird ways. I'm your host, Kenji. Got my buddy, my main man, co-host, Matthew, right there. And Matthew, before we get started talking EOS, can you tell us who today is our sponsor? Today's episode of Drink All You Think is brought to you by Verify IQ. Verify IQ just launched Sales IQ. Have you ever had a client say, oh, don't worry, we're simple, only to find out? The nightmare behind their QuickBooks or Zero File? Have no fear. Sales IQ is here to diagnose 80% of those scoping issues in two minutes with a prospect. Sales IQ on the Verify IQ website. Go today. Oh, that was good. You like that one? <laughs> that was good. The voice <laughs> and the delivery. Rest. Thanks, man. Um, Here's I'm, here's I'm, I was digging out, I'm trying to dig out the traction book so I like go okay. through while you're while you're digging through books. I'm cracking beers while you're digging through oh, books. Shit. I got, I I got the Mando Mango. How do you how would you say that? Pizzazz? Pizzazz? Pizzazz. Mango pizzazz. Yeah, they're, they're trying to be cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mango wheat ale. It's from our buddies over at Three Taverns Brewing. It's a five percenter. So a mango flavored wheat ale on a nice hot day in Atlanta. This sounds nice. Matthew, what do you got? I went with can on this one. So I'm going with the fluffiest otter. What? The fluffiest otter. You ready for this? It's from Pontoon yeah. Brewing. It's an imperial sweet stout where it's got, um, it's like a, you know, marshmallow grand cracker, or whatever. But it looked the fluffiest otter, dude. How do you not love that can? Like that's just a random otter eating graham cracker. Really cute. It's, fairly, it's a cute little. Basically, it looks like a, a s'more. So it does look like a s'more. It's like a cartoon. Yeah. Supposed to be a s'more in a can, and I'm not going to pour it in the cup because the can's so cute. I might. I brought a glass just yeah. for you. I'll see you in a minute. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, dude. Oh, man. Um, wow. This is mango-y. Smells super mango-y. Tastes super mango-y. Oh, interesting. This will be good to drink, and I'll see how I like this by the end of it. I like, I like your can. So you had a cool can. Now I'll do cheers again. Cheers again. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I went with the so you can see how dark like what real men drink versus like, what? Look at and mine's so pretty. Look at that beautiful mango color. I don't care. I'm 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 not a I'm not a, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. Okay. How should, we, how should we approach this? Like best and worst, or what what's your plan here? Yeah, I mean. I was scared when I was uh, not about drinking beer that's not as manly as Matthew's apparently, but I was scared going into EO, EOS. Um, so 
I don't know. Let's kind of give an update on you know, seven months in. We probably made this decision to go into it close to a year ago, not quite. So, you know, I guess maybe give, let's start with, we're past, would you say that we're past the implementation phase? Like we're in the living it phase, right? Um, I think we're in the final stages of the implementation phase. Okay. I think we have about one more month. As soon as uh, performance reviews are over, everybody will be officially no longer have two points of connection for their reporting structure. So like all the performance reviews will be done. Um, I talked to one of the pod leaders about this. Like she just last, like on Friday, had all of hers done this this week. So she's like, I feel like it's official. So I think- uh, oh, That's a good feedback. Okay. Yeah. So so that's good. great. We're probably in our late stages of that. So just to give a quick background, if you haven't listened to the first episode, maybe go check it out and listen to it to give you some sense of where our headspace was when we were launching. But that was, we'd made the decision as a leadership team to go EOS. We had hired a coach and we kind of started talking about it. That was about it. That's all that really happened. We had some vision for it. We'd done a little bit of work on the uh, accountability charts, but we were early. We weren't really doing we had maybe just started trying out some meetings, the L10 meetings and the meeting style. So we really hadn't done it now. So now we've got Matthew, our accountability chart is fully flushed out. It does probably need some revisions. Most like most of them do. Right. The then, most people stay after one year, relook and make sure you're yeah. validated. Like We're periodically. That. And we've got all the teams the relevant teams are all doing weekly L10 meetings now. Is that correct? All right. And all the pods are doing well, And so we have a pod structure we'll talk about a little bit just to give context in a minute. And then also we've done now two different offsites. And, and you know, if listening to Acuity, we've always done quarterly offsites, but we've kind of embedded the EOS quarterly rhythms and meetings into our offsites. We have two offsites. So we've got a little bit of some track record behind us. That's where we're at now. Um what from a, let's go start with the timing standpoint. Did you think we'd be are we on plan for timing wise where you thought we'd be, or are we ahead or behind time? Thinking in terms of just total EOS integration in the firm. Um, we are on plan, so we are ahead of where I thought we would be. I oh. thought I thought it would slip three months and then um well, Lisa's got the timeline, so it's not slipping. Right. So um, that's how, you know, you've assigned the right tasks to the right people. Right. <laughs> that's so, exactly right. Yep. So the rollout's really going well. I mean, might like the, the ultimate, like we might be two weeks off from where we wanted performance management handoffs to happen, but like it's 150 people, like we got to have some grace probably um, with that, but um, pretty, pretty solid plan. I mean, we literally erased the board uh, the other day on the rollout. Like yeah. and, and the lease was erasing the board in the in the main office in Atlanta, and, and um, so that feels like it's it's pretty baked, pretty done. Um, now we've got to start making progress on initiatives. I think that's where we're launching. But if you think about it, like with like one of the key things I've learned from an exercise perspective is when you go through what we call the accountability chart or org chart, one of the most valuable questions that i've asked myself is the person i'm asking to do this task do they have the capacity to do it 
So for the first time in Q4, we'll be able to say yes across the board on the boxes that they have the capacity to do the job. Like we've we've offloaded the tasks and done transitions hard, like that created more, less capacity, right? So when transitions finalize at the end of September, October is really the first month where we will have people in the with capacity to do the jobs that we think they're capable of doing. So that's really exciting. Yeah, that's um, I may get the acronym kind of wrong, but Matthew's referring to kind of a people concept of um, GWCC or something. Basically, get it, want it. Does the person get it? They get what the role is. Do they want the role? Are they capable of doing the role? And do they have the capacity for it? And so Matthew's kind of talking about that capacity piece of like, do we, we've kind of done our best guess, you know, trying to put people in the right roles. And now we're kind of assessing, all right, as those shift around a little bit, is there enough capacity? Because a number of the roles were brand new. We hadn't really, we knew the components of accountability and responsibility in them. We weren't sure how they'd flush out in terms of hours or just timeline. So yeah, we're kind of figuring that out now. Yeah, we literally took two people's jobs and spread that over 15 people, right? <laughs> Basically, for lack of a better, or really, we took about five, four or five people's jobs and spread them over 15 people, but made it part-time for those people. And, and, and with, it's just been a really interesting exercise, right? I'll agree with you. I think we're further along than I thought we'd be. I think, and you nailed it. When you identify the right integrator, and we certainly did here in Lisa, our COO, things get done. We, you know, Matthew loves to tease me, and very rightly so. When things, when it's accountable for me to get done, those things just slip. Or, and that's probably not just me. That's anybody who's maybe in more of a visionary role or any kind of like that. An integrator really loves to run a process, and we found that beneficial that we just stay on task on time. But so I, we're we're further along. It should should seem obvious, right? But we are further along than I thought because typically we come up with ideas, and it just always the time the timeline's never sooner. It always slipped a bit, and the fact that we're actually on pace is, I think, large part due to having that integrator involved. Um, in addition to that, I think we did more creative stuff and new stuff. We got more done that was non-core to that implementation than I thought we would because the structure allow by different by people I wouldn't have I wouldn't have ever assigned tasks to because the what happened here was we, we have what we call rocks, which is basically a project, right? So you can prioritize projects, but you don't assign projects unless they have capacity. And we found where the capacity was, and then we found rocks that those people could do yeah. that were really important. Um, but in the past, I wouldn't have thought to ask those people to do things in a lot of cases. And um, that was really unexpected from a progress perspective, because the people doing the implementation like are only doing the implementation and rollout and training and stuff like that. And then you had this other set of people that are immensely talented that had capacity because we had a inbound slowdown, right? Uh, from yeah. sales. Mm -hmm. So the onboarding team in particular had capacity and we were like, oh, we had a framework where we identified that capacity. And then we had an issues list that we could prioritize to say, oh, this person on this team can help with that issue. This person on that team can help with that issue. And we started having this 
team contribute to these priorities because we had prioritized them. They had capacity. We matched up the the capabilities with the the issues. Um, that was really unexpected for me. Like I, like that was the most unexpected thing in the last two quarters for me. Mm. That these other things started getting done because by identifying the people that had the capacity. Interesting. Okay. Previously, we would have said, "Oh, go to this person," and that person had no capacity, so then it would just not get done, right? Yeah, there was there was it was easier to get blocked up, right? I think, um, and I think that's an area for me that's been interesting seeing is how much more visibility into what the organization is doing at different levels people have now, and so we talk almost every one of our L ten meetings we're in, we'll talk about whether there are issues that come up. Oh, did that get pushed up? You can see, did that get pushed up to us from another team? Hey, this one, we should move down over here. So we're moving things between teams a little bit more seamlessly. And there's just more connectedness amongst most teams. Like, oh, that happened in this meeting. And it's just, we're working in those similar rhythms now. Before, and this was something we had, actually, I'm sure we talked about in the last podcast on this. We were trying to solve for a lack of consistency in the way that meetings were being run. Right. Yeah. And this helps immensely because you are running, you know, kind of a good standard playbook, the EOS playbook for the meetings, but just keeps it on task. And just certain disciplines that are inherent in that are, are great. When you've got those consistent, um, it's been it's been incredibly helpful. So I love the, the the greater transparency and I think better communication there as we've seen now people who've heard about different levels of EOS being implemented. Now it hits them. They're like, Oh, this makes sense. Now I got it. I see what we're doing here. So, um, had there been any areas that you've been surprised by that have been more difficult or more challenging? Um, data. Um, so we're in a process right now of moving from like our habit is to look at monthly data on a backwards basis and the whole concept of ESS is stretching you to move towards the weekly data points that you can look at to be more proactive or initiate change or identify issues earlier right and then when you think about billing cycles and reporting cycles like those we're ha- we're going to have to either read do those but we're also going to have to like sometimes it's just different like sometimes the sometimes it's just not the same metric that you would normally look at um, like sales results aren't necessarily the closes that you care about right on the sales team they care about the leads generated right. like so everybody's moving up the funnel stage and that's hard and everybody's trying to do too much with data so we have too much information because everybody's throwing a bunch of spaghetti on a wall and um, we've talked about this a little bit um i've been talking about this in the l10 meetings like i think each meeting leader now like we're at a stage and we're like you said seven months in like each meeting leader now has to really own the data and if we're not making decisions on that data like that doesn't need to be in that meeting right so even if you're, I think we're trying to get too cute. I think we have 20 
points of data in some of these things and it needs to be five yeah. you know like one good one beats 20 bad ones right yeah, absolutely. yeah. so um but that's really hard like that's I, not i'm a- with you that's been harder than i thought too and matthew's referring to here in eos terminology you'll hear about it referred to as the scorecard but it's the data part of it i think you know i thought oh we're good data folks we're accountants we like this we're like oh we'll get this and our our coach had been telling us like okay no it's, it's going to be tougher than you think and they were right it has been more difficult, like getting them into meaningful. Of course, we did the classic things they say that you'll do. Do you add too many? Some of them are hard to measure. Some of them are like, well, wait a minute, does it really relate to something meaningful that's going to give us a leading indicator on something? And so we've had to. That's that's been harder. Yeah, absolutely harder. Um, so like, think, yeah, CAC, yeah, go ahead. CAC, for example, right? CAC is like a trailing metric. So like, customer acquisition costs for those of you you played at home. Um, so customer acquisition cost is like a trailing metric, right? So like, that's not the right, like, yeah, we need to know that number. That doesn't need to be in the data section of an L10. That needs to be on a dashboard somewhere that we review monthly, like we always did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, I was just kind of flipping through our metrics. Is there one that you typically go to that you feel like, oh, that's a really good one that we're on. I'm trying to give See if there's any ones out there. I'm looking through them that if you are to give firm owners an example of one that we like, like, oh, that's a good one. Um, so, so right now, the one that I'm thinking about, like the, the I'm kind of laser focused on the pods and the teams right now. So having um, quiet quitting is a real thing. So like hours logged by team member by week. So you can see if people are missing timesheets or just so you need to check on people. And then same thing if ghosting clients, like time on a client by week to see if any clients like our people are starting to miss the mark just on trends. Those feel directionally correct. Hmm. Um, now, that's the opposite. That's a lot of data, but it's easy to scan and see and identify, oh, there's an issue. I need to follow up on that. Right. Um, or check to see if something's wrong. You know, like. So, so you're saying in simple like, layman terms, you're saying if you see somebody's hours dip week by week and it's not like on vacation or holiday or maybe even for a particular clients, investigate. Like what's going on with that individual? Just check in. Check in. Like right before it's a problem. Like it's a problem or it's not. Right. So like. But if you can imagine, like, that's way better than tracking client complaints. Because client doesn't complain until that happens four weeks in a row. And if we're on it on the first week and we're just reaching out and saying, is everything okay? Like, that's not a crisis yet, right? Right. But where do, like, you've got to push that down to a level where that's not an overwhelming amount of data. Yeah. Right. You cannot do that for 650 clients at the county services team meeting, mm-hmm. right? Because that team rolls up, you roll up 650 clients there. So you got to push that down far enough to where that's a meaningful exercise where we're not overwhelmed by data or get it in a format that's clean or something, you know? So in the way way that ideally you want these scorecards, this data working um, is you want, you want to review this. It's, It's literally almost the first thing you do in your L10 meeting, 
You look at these data points, they're typically, they don't have to be, but they're typically weekly. So you can see trended out. You've got a target, a goal for where they should be. And if they're off target, they're flagged, right? And it should, if it's off target, it should be a discussion point. It could be an issue that needs to be addressed, right? So it can be very helpful, but you got to get them dialed into where they're meaningful because you start getting patterns of where, oh, we're always off on this one, but hey, that's because of X, Y, and Z. And it becomes less meaningful, but it's like, just, it's all, oh, oh, we're always, do we just reset the goal? And I think all of us, whether it's EOS, you know, scorecards, or they're just other KPIs you've created are guilty of like, oh, you put them there and they look nice on paper, but they're really not driving a behavior or action. So you're, we're kind of pushing to, everyone should be pushing to get to top of the meeting. These are the things that indicate issues within different functions in the organization. And if they're off, kind of you sure as hell better discuss them. You better talk about them and figure out what's going on there. So that's the part we're talking about here is where, you know, dialing those in a little bit tighter so you can see those quickly. But um, yeah, and part of this is like us trying to figure out how to use the tools, right? So we got a new tool and like, we're figuring out like, Lisa's like digging in on new functionality. The tool, she's getting product feedback. <laughs> like that's the best thing about us. Like we're obviously like plugged into the 90 people now because lisa's giving a product but can they're rolling it out like they're like oh that's a good idea like because they because we're one of their bigger like companies using it right so that like there's a learning curve on that kind of stuff too on the technology side so that's been super interesting to me so what matthew's referring to is a lot of people you know are using different pieces of software to help manage uh, eos we're using 90.io we've mentioned that before it's been good for us, right? And so we're actually working closely with them, giving feedback. It's almost an acuity. It's the way acuity works. Like we don't, we almost don't use technology to acuity unless we can give you lots of feedback. So uh, we almost warn people like, great, you may want to partner with us, but guess what? We're going to be in your ear on things we want and don't want. So we've had to learn the tool, but by learning a good tool, oftentimes you learn a process within that and a good discipline. And so we're learning 90. It's been good for us. I've seen other firms and uh, friends of mine who run EOS inside of Google Sheets, and they do it very effectively. Um, my, you know, something that I've learned, one thing I've learned is that, as you alluded to, Matthew, we're a bit on the larger side. We're on a larger size of an organization running EOS. So I think the principles still apply regardless of size. But when you look at how it was built and a lot of the literature out there, even some of the tools, there's certain things you'll see that are like, it's a little, when you get to a certain size, it's a little hard to scale. Not that you can't do it, but it just hasn't really been contemplated as much. I mean, I think some of that's going to start changing in some new, some of the new EOS information coming out. So we've had to navigate through that. That was something our coach warned us about and said, hey, your biggest obstacle is not that you don't have disciplined people or people who like process. We have all that. It's just your sheer size. So it's a bit of a so we knew a little bit about that, but that's been harder, I think. Um, the other one that I don't think we knew, we didn't know back in January when we were doing this, was, <laughs> and this seems so obvious, right? What's the name of the tool? The Entrepreneur Operating System. Is All of this is very, very operational. Of course, that's the name. 
But if you're a firm owner going into it, like me, you're like, oh, this can this can this can manage the, in, the entirety of the firm. Well, it can't. It's meant to manage the operations, and that's a large part of it. But we're we're getting ready in a couple of weeks to go off site to do a shareholder meeting. Um, it really doesn't contemplate thinking in really really big terms beyond. I mean, yes, there's some aspects that look more multi years out and things, but. It is about execution day-to-day and clear communication is what it's really about. And so that was something I, I, and I think it's a little thin right now on the way that EOS talks about doing shareholder or they call it owner meetings. That's fine. It wasn't designed for that. So they're kind of added that on. I think we've had to learn like, oh, we need to, we look at the totality of Acuity or anybody's company there's some step back stuff you got to do more strategically. The EOS wasn't really meant for that. And that's okay. It can still fit in, but like to know that that's not something that you're going to find in reading traction or you're going to find in reading, you know, any that are EOS books or using the tool. It's really not baked in there. So um, should have been more obvious to me, but we're having to learn and we'll have some probably takeaways that we'll maybe come back and share in this. Well, how do you also integrate how do you step? I think of it as stepping out of the weeds. How do you step back a bit bigger? Because EOS is good, but it will most of the time, outside of the quarterly meetings, it'll force you down into the weeds. Like get things done, give it to the right people, and get it done. And so I, I felt a little bit like, hey, there's some step back that needs to happen. So yeah. Um, anyway. Um anything you'd like to so what do you think? maybe finish up with this, what's on the horizon for us next? Like, okay, let's say we're seven months and we're about to feel like we have good team members who said, I think we're about, we're, we're about implemented, right? You, 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 you erase the whiteboard that had the full timeline on. We're getting real close. Outside of living it out, what do you think the next, where's the next place you think we'll go to start making changes? But we haven't started process yet. EOS process like a true which is like we we've like skipped a step in that and gone to the micro level on that but we haven't started process so i think we'll have an exercise uh which might be just documentation yeah can to, you talk about just give people context on what that means in eos so in eos they have a theory that you should have kind of a one pager on basically the top five to eight areas of your company think sales think marketing but not like every step like a 50,000 foot view of how you do things hr accounting all the way the business yeah. runs yeah big ones so and then from there you should dissect it and then go however deep you want but just like at the macro level demonstrate what what like we like to refer to as the elusive acuity way right for us like what's the acuity way of doing things um so having that and then that allows you to dig deeper on each of the subcomponents in there that you've identified and maximize and streamline and automate and that kind of stuff. So process is one. Um, data, um, I think process might be just a documentation exercise because of the size and scope and that we have all these things in there. It's just kind of saying what are our key processes and and let's get them on paper. And, and, and that will... I think lends some good conversations too, because then we'll see some stuff, but data is the big one. So data is the next one. Like if we don't get data, right, we're just starting to waste people's time in the meetings. Uh, a lot of the times I'm skipping over that section completely. 
in the meetings I'm in um, because it's just useless. It's not really actionable. Um, it's not the right data. So data has to be one. I think we'll do an accountability chart review. I think that we're about the one-year point. I think you have to do that annually. Um, then the next thing I think is like we're doing a good job of giving people context on issues, but like some of the the volume is going to slow down. So like we're really going to have to go through an issue is just like a an observation or something people want to discuss or talk about or or raise for discussion. I think we're really going to have to be thoughtful about coaching people about what an issue is, how to diagnose it, how to identify it, and how to do it. Because we're clearing lots of issues now and they're recurring, right? So that's not really yeah. like we shouldn't have cleared that issue, right? We didn't diagnose the main, like that specific one didn't happen. But like we're not diagnosing the longer term problem sometimes with these things. And then after that, it's just kind of like, like I've decided now my job is basically build tools that everybody else can use, which in a tool in our case is, is usually a policy. It's like, if this happens, this is what we're going to do. And this is kind of the other approach and follow it. So, but that's an outcome. That's not really an EOS thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's not, it could be, well, you could have that as part of the process, right? Um, that process section of. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And I think again, for people to think about what that means is if you've got documented those processes, you could go to another firm owner and say, yep, take a look at our process. Let me look at yours. And you have a sense for how how someone runs sales, operations, HR differently than you, but you'd be able to be spun up on it relatively quickly. Um, new team members who come on would understand quickly, oh, this is how we function at work. And the act of going and writing documenting those processes is just is just helpful it's not like matthew mentioned it's not meant to be step by step by step it could be i guess but you do have to have some clarity on this is the way my organization does marketing and that's that's just helpful for you to identify those gaps and things and so that's a good place for us to go to next i agree data we've talked about quite a bit on scorecards need to be cleaned up and, and tightened up um I'm looking forward to getting a full cycle through this, which will be great. That'll be technically, it'll be right around, I guess we could probably come back here beginning of next year and talk about, all right, we've been through now uh, a few other things we haven't done yet. We have not done the annual planning. That'll happen for us in September at our third quarter meeting. We'll be able to get a chance to go through all of that. Um, We'll have more feedback from team members who, and pod leaders, et cetera who are part of running L10 meetings at some of these lower levels, do they feel better connected? I mean, that's what I think I'm looking for is people have a better, better clarity about, Oh, what are we, what are we doing as a company? Like why, and why are we doing that? Oh, that's one thing that's hundred percent better than it was. Like so many people have so much more context that that, like, that is one thing we've done really well. Yeah. And I think this this forces you to do that. There's no way to, if you do EOS, you are going to um, you're going to get that. You're going to get that clarity. People are going to be more connected and understanding of what's happening. And I, I've felt it very much to where I I think I've I've definitely felt like my role has had more clarity. I am much more clear, even at my level as a as a founder, of what I'm supposed to be doing. 
when I think about it in terms of responsibilities, I think there's more thought and intentionality around where where are each of our strengths lined up to needs within the organization. So I've told many other firm owners, if they haven't done it yet, and I was resistant, take a look at it because I was in that same boat, but had I known more about it, I would have done this earlier, honestly. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. And um, for anybody that's interested in November, Lisa and I are going to go do it. We just got accepted for QuickBooks Connect for uh, doing a session on this and some of our lessons learned. So we're going to actually go through every component, like all awesome. the six components. Yeah. So, and then you don't even have to listen to Kenji's bullshit. Like he knows, like I'm going to know. I'll tell you all the good stuff about being a visionary. I'll do a separate session on like why being a visionary is great. And I'll that session I will do late night out at a club and at a bar somewhere. And we'll point over to the integrators and them saying, hey, they're back there in the session doing that in the conference room. That, that's just how EOS yeah. works. We're doing all the work, man. So, um, No, that was good. And I definitely checked that out because a lot of firms are doing EOS. And that's really cool that uh, the QuickBooks, the Intuit team, selected you guys to come talk about that. I think that's going to be an incredibly popular session. Them Intuit recognizing that EOS and accounting firms are really leaning into that. So that'll be cool. Check that out. Get out of the QuickBooks Connect and get registered there. All right, let's rate some beers. Matthew, I've got my, mm. I'm going to try one more time on this to share the screen. My computer hates screen sharing. Matthew, did it share? No. Of course not. My Zoom hates me. So I'm going to go in and rate mine anyway. This is the mango pizzazz. And it's super mango-y wheat ale. I like that it, it came out, not my favorite style, but man, on a hot day, it's good. And boy, it delivers as advertised. I hate it when they tell me there's going to be fruit in it and it's not in there. It's a letdown. This gets a 4.25 for me. Strong rating for like a fruity beer, which is not my normal style. Matthew, I got to go I do that the fluffiest otter, like I got. I mean, it went down pretty smooth. I, I think I think I have to give it a four. Um, pontoon brewing. Do you got it up there? I got it up there. I think I got. I'm giving this one a four. I, there's something about the aftertaste that little keeps it from going to that four two five level. Um, so I can still feel okay. my teeth, which keeps it out of the five level. So <laughs> that that's uh that's that's pretty funny there. So. The more the more damage Matthew does, does to himself, the, the higher the rating will be. It's a nine percenter, so that's kind of right in the middle of Matthew's range. That's just for him. That's just kind of normal. That's just kind of a regular old softball. For me, you're throwing that. That's a that's a hundred mile an hour fastball that's up in the zone for me. I, I'm gonna have a hard time catching up that one for you. That's just a sweet spot. So, um, well, cool. Let's come back to this in a few more months. We'll have some more feedback on the U.S. But in the meantime. Register for QuickBooks Connect. Come check out Matthew and Lisa's session. Yeah, and if you guys want to check out Sales IQ, hit us up. We'll get you a promo code or something to get you a few months free. So, so, but you have to email us or something to, so we know people are listening or something. So, um, reach out somehow in some way so I don't build like some crappy promo code nobody ever uses. So, so you can like uh, we'll get the Verify IQ thing out there so you guys can get the. Test out the sales IQ if you guys we will get up. So Matthew's saying we will give you a promo code. We're not, gonna go to, we're not gonna go to the work of creating one unless somebody reaches out first and says, Yeah, I want it. Yeah, that's somebody's right. Somebody's gotta be first to do this. Who somebody's gotta somebody's gotta reach out to us. And uh if you do it on social media, we might even lob, lob on an extra 
a month or two of, of, of free of free time there for you. So very nice, very nice, very very nice, very nice. All right, cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers to you. Cheers to all of you out there. Catch us next time here on Drink While You Think. See everybody.